Bulletin. And today in the Bulletin, we're joined by Seely himself, Ben Searle, who's been uh, keeping ECNZ right up to date throughout this World Cup with Rugby World Cup tonight. Today, whatever it was today, wasn't it? Uh, but it is. Uh, it was at night, so um, hence my confusion. Uh, and we've uh, we've reached the end of the World Cup, Seely. Uh, congratulations on your knock and thanks for everything you provided the listeners here in the show. What? How are you with a, a night under you about to, to soak in that final? Yeah, a little bit battered, I think, like everyone else, because unfortunately, I think the build-up was so big for this one, right? Like, we were expecting a historic clash between two extremely proud rugby nations. The stage was really set for a, a game where I thought we were just going to see the two best 23s in the world go at it, and we got parts of that, but at the same time, I think just this narrative around the TMO and, and everything like that kind of took a bit of shine off it but take nothing away from South Africa they still thoroughly deserve the win it just wasn't quite the 80 minute spectacle that I think many people were hoping we would witness uh, the the use of technology is a bugbear or a conversation point in virtually every single sport uh, that wants to, to take their sport forward the rugby gets called out when decisions are wrong, uh, and that's why technology has come in. The technology found some right decisions, and uh, take, for example, the Aaron Smith try being ruled out. Technically, by the letter of the law, they found that and they got it right. They took it back an awful long way. We know they can do that in rugby with the phases. Is technology, I don't think we can ramp it uh, back from here on in, do we need to accept that this is what the sport has become, or is there something that needs to be changed, silly? I think there needs to be more guidelines around what the TMO in rugby can rule on. I think the game that we both love as well, Rugby League, has done quite well around what the TMO or the bunker, etc., can officiate on. And don't get me wrong, there's still plenty wrong yeah. on that game as well. But I And do the teething problems around moment, that as well, Surly. And the teething problems around oh, that. It took a long time to get through uh, through that. Oh, 100%. And now we're starting to see it improve and fans understand what the bunker is and isn't allowed to rule on. And I think that's one thing we've got at the moment in Rugby Union is we have a disconnect around the fans' understanding of the game and then what we are seeing on the televisions. And a lot of it comes down to the TMO and how nitpicky they are being. Like, I thought Wayne Barnes was was pretty good yesterday. When he was announced as the World Cup referee, I was happy. I thought he'd been the best, but I thought that man in his ear really did let him down. And yeah, it's just, I, I think that Aaron Trist, Smith try, sorry, should have been awarded because it was missed live. There were so many little moments in that game, little knock on things like that, where if you're going to call one, I think you have to call all of them. And I don't think anyone wants to see that. So rugby is now at an interesting stage where they have to decide whether they put some tough guidelines around what the TMO can interfere on or whether they just go all in and, and the TMO can officiate on everything. And I think that would be bad for the product of the game because it would be so stop-start. And that's not what we want as fans. We want entertainment. The thing for me, Silly, is I don't understand where you can draw the line between being technically right and allowing a feel for the game. So a great example uh, is the penalty that was awarded, which was uh, seems to be admitting a mistake from Wayne Barnes uh, on Artie Savia, where the Springboks kicked three points. Now, if you can't reverse that, but you can reverse a try, 
if you if you a guy is uh, deemed to have been penalised, and later on upon review, so just penalty, no cards. But if they the bunker watches it a few minutes later, why can't they then say actually, mate, that should have been a yellow card. Send them now. There is a it's a really fine line because the other thing I, I thought is that I really would love to have seen Wayne Barnes go. Actually, I've got a feel for this game, and your advice here I've taken it on board, but I'm gonna make my own call. But if they get in his ear. What are they supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Overrule somebody who has a screen in front of them? Yeah, it's incredibly tough, isn't it? I think it was Nigel Owens on Izzy and Kempe's show last Mm. week saying that in his career he got to stages where he just would pull out the earpiece and disregard what they were saying. But it's so hard for the referees. You do feel sorry for them. I thought Barnes towards the end of the game semi did that. He kind of blocked out a bit of what the TMO was saying and just backed himself. But like you mentioned, like that, that penalty hurts, right? When the when Wayne Barnes watches the replay and says to Artie, sorry, mate, I got that wrong, but Pollard is still just putting the ball on the tee. There was clearly time to reverse that decision, maybe a scrum to South Africa or something, and we go again. So it's just the inconsistencies around it. It's really tough as a fan. We mentioned before that Aaron Smith try. It's so hard, like you're celebrating a try in the moment as fans with your friends at home or at a stadium, and then for it to be taken away two minutes later, you're almost now, you can't celebrate a try until the ball is put on the tee and the kicker is lining up a kick. And that's not what it's about as fans watching a game. You want to be able to live in the moment and and know what's happening. Whereas at the moment, we're just waiting for a review and confirmation, and it's not really what the game's about. Now, let's stick with rugby and move this uh, across the Tasman. And Eddie Jones, this incredible saga, is going to see uh, the man came on, who came on uh, saying he was going to get Australian rugby right for the 27 World Cup, is gone in less than a year. Debacle's nice way of putting it. There's probably uh, stronger words for it. But if, if everything is, uh, is true is coming out here, what can we make out of what Eddie Jones has done or what Australian rugby might have done with Eddie Jones uh, in the sport over there? Oh, it's a shocker, isn't it? Obviously, they were. I actually thought, felt like they were in a pretty good position prior to the World Cup under Dave Rennie. I thought while the results hadn't been amazing, they were forming a way that, that you knew they were going to play. They had an identity about them. They had a identified some young talent and they were in the process of becoming a pretty strong team came in like Eddie does and he he ruffled some feathers and brought on a lot of changes dropped some experienced players which I certainly think they could have done within the World Cup and spoke about how this was looking to the future and now he's not going to be there in the future so the biggest disappointment for me is how he came out fronted media said you know you guys have no clue what you're talking about i'm not leaving stop making things up when deep down everyone was right the whole time and he just couldn't own it so it's a bit of a circus i think rugby australia needs to look higher up than eddie jones as well to sort out their problems going forward but they need someone now that can bring some credibility back into this union i'm thinking like a Stephen Larkham, who's done a great job with the Brumbies. He can get some of these ex-legends like a George Gregan, Sterling Mortlock around him and at least win the locker room and put some pride back into their jersey because New Zealand rugby need the Wallabies to be strong. And at the moment, man, if they were to take on Portugal, I know they bet them in the World Cup, like a Portugal, Fiji, Georgia, you truly wouldn't know going into that game who's going to win, which is not a good state for Aussie rugby.
if you really want to lift the profile of the sport over there, you get Ian Foster. That'll get him back in the papers in a big, big yeah, way, wow. in a real, in a real wow. hurry. Now, uh, just quickly on the Pacific Championships as well, uh, Surly, uh, the the Kangaroos are uh, too strong in the in the kick home there. Uh, you could really see the difference uh, in in the dummy half depth uh, between the Kangaroos and the Kiwis in that game. Thoughts on that, and how you think the uh, the the, cha- the Kiwis' chances are for the final? Yeah, it's a great point you make with the dummy halves. Like watching that game, you think, man, a Brandon Smith, a Jeremy Marshall King, even a Phoenix Crosland would make a massive mm. difference for us in that nine jersey because we don't have a shortage of nines as a whole. We just have a shortage right now due to injuries. So it is a bit of a bummer because I think this Kiwis team is really stacked and they're a great side to watch. But I thought Australia, even with a couple big players rested, were just too good for us. It's those little moments where we let ourselves down and Unfortunately, I thought the hucker was exceptional, but then to put the kickoff dead on the full, like that kind of just sucked the life out of things straight away. You imagine if Aussie had caught that ball, that first contact from Fisher Harris and Leota would have been huge, but instead they have to run back towards their own 10 metre and defend from there. And it's so tough. So, yeah, it's going to be hard again this week with Australia bringing all their big names back. But I, I guess the benefit is we get to come back home to Hamilton. Should be a good crowd and, and hopefully we can pull it off because we certainly have the players to do it. It's just winning the moments, you know, uh, kicking options, all those little things. Like we can't give away seven tackle sets. Australia are just far too good for that. So we're going to have to be on our game. But we have the four pack and the players to do it. Yeah, I'm with you, Silly. I appreciate your time, Ben Searle. Uh, we're talking to Greg Alexander about this a little bit later on in the show. Keep your text coming through on double eight double three. Back after the break.